What's going on everybody? Today we are talking stakes. What is at stake for the different teams involved in this week's monster matchups? For some, the stakes are higher than others. For some, it's playoffs. For some, it's pride. We're going to get into all of that right now. What is going on, everybody? Let's Talk College Football Podcast. Michael Kirkering here, as usual, because it's just me. There is no one else. (laughs) Anyway, what I wanted to do today, and sorry, this is coming out a little bit late. Wanted to get this out on Wednesday. Now it's going to be like Thursday afternoon. I've got a bunch of family visiting me here in Florida, and my sister's here, new baby. Nap time is sometimes during podcast time, so... Bear with us here. And it's also part of the reason, like I said, the video show plans, which are in the future, still not sure when. It might not even be this season, and we'll see what type of a show schedule we have during the offseason. I definitely don't want to take you know the whole offseason off like I've done in years past, but probably not going to be doing two episodes a week during the offseason. We'll get into different topics, big picture stuff in the offseason. That's going to be fun. But anyway, what I wanted to do today was go through all of this week's big matchups and not break down who has the best chance to win and different things like that. You know, that's what we have the mainstream college football media for. You're not hearing for my game predictions, although I do have those. What I want to talk about is what's at stake for the teams regarding the potential outcomes of all of these matchups. Right and, and, and it differs for a lot of teams, right? And for Michigan and Michigan State, both being undefeated, there's different stakes than, for example, Penn State, Ohio State, where one team has two losses, one team has one loss. You know, there's all, all sorts of different stakes. So we're going to get into a lot of the big matchups and talk about the different stakes for the teams and what this means. And I guess let, let's just start at the top. I'm going to go in order of the games being played time-wise on Saturday. So The big slots in the noon slate, this is 12 p.m. East Coast time this Saturday. We've got Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Baylor, Texas, Pittsburgh, Miami are kind of the games I'm most excited for. Let's just start at the top with what's most important. Let's get right into it. Michigan and Michigan State. This is a unique matchup given the team's records this year, given the fact that they are both undefeated. And we're almost to November. Not quite, right? This is the last weekend of October, but both of these teams are undefeated. Now, you could basically make a case that, hey, the stakes are the same. Both teams want to win this game, but both teams don't have to panic that much if they lose this game, right? Because hypothetically speaking, and again, I like to speak in hypotheticals given teams' chances Because there's a huge difference between what you're predicting to happen and what's technically alive, right? Wake Forest is technically alive to make the college football playoff, going undefeated or maybe going one loss out of the ACC, but we don't expect that to happen because we expect them to lose, not because they wouldn't get in if they were on the table, and we'll get into that discussion in a little bit. But as it pertains to Michigan and Michigan State, We know that an undefeated Big Ten champion is going to the college football playoff. It's pretty much an absolute guarantee. So for Michigan and Michigan State, both sitting here undefeated at this point, they they both really need this win. And they're both in the same position in scheduling the fact that they both have to play Penn State and Ohio State after this, right? The Big Ten East is completely backloaded. And kudos to the Big Ten East for somehow figuring this out scheduling-wise because if you know, right, you're the Big Ten, you're like, okay, 
realistically, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and probably Michigan State are our best teams in this division. Let's just have them all play at the end, right? I mean, Ohio State and Michigan always play at the end. But that way, you go into October, November with huge matchups left, which gives opportunities for those teams to impress the playoff committee, to try to get into you know New Year's Six games, even if you don't win the conference championship. So let's focus on Michigan for a second, because I think a lot of people consider Michigan to be the better team in this matchup. Now, all that could change when the matchup unfolds. Maybe Michigan State's better. But I think going into the matchup, what a lot of people are wondering about these two teams is this. Michigan seems to be more legit in a lot of people's minds. And this is a game where, hey, if if they beat Michigan State, especially if they beat Michigan State handily somehow, then you really start to wonder, okay, are they are they legit? Are they that second team in the Big Ten, or at least the Big Ten East, that can challenge what looks to be Ohio State, right? Because Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan are all unbeaten in conference play. Yes, Ohio State has the non-conference loss to Oregon, which makes them a little more desperate to win out given playoff scenarios. But as far as the Big Ten race is concerned, all three of these teams are even right now. So, Michigan, in a lot of people's eyes, like I've said, is kind of right there on the door. Where Michigan State, people, even if they somehow get past Michigan, I don't think as many people expect Michigan State to then get past Penn State, Ohio State, or to not get upset, right? Michigan State seems like a team that could hypothetically get beat by anyone. A lot of their games have been close, right? Where... You look at some other teams in the Big Ten, like Ohio State, obviously, and you kind of expect them to win all the games that they're supposed to win and probably even the games that are supposed to hypothetically be close, right? People are betting Ohio State's going to beat Penn State. I think a lot of people would still take Ohio State over Michigan if they played today, especially given the history of that game. So for Michigan specifically, this game is about the perception of are they going to be viewed as in that tier with maybe Ohio State if they win, especially if they win close. Now, Michigan State could obviously take that step too. Michigan State could surprise us. They dominate Michigan or even just win a close game. Maybe both of these teams look better than we think they are. That's also a potential outcome, right? But the nice thing for both of these teams is a loss hypothetically doesn't mean you have to panic. Now, if I'm Michigan State, for example, and I get blown out by Michigan this week, I'm probably panicking because if I can't even be on the field with Michigan, then there's a good chance we I lose to Penn State and a really good chance I lose to Ohio State. So from that standpoint, you know, perception-wise, yeah, if you lose, you could panic. But as far as what's out in front of you opportunity-wise, if you lose this game, whether you're Michigan or Michigan State, the panic level is not super far. Technically, everything is still out in front of you. A playoff berth, a Big Ten championship, and a division championship. All those things would hypothetically be in front of you should you lose this game. Now, like I said, Michigan, I think, has a little more pressure because what Michigan doesn't want to have happen is go into the Ohio or what Michigan does want to happen is they want to go into the Ohio State game undefeated right if I'm Michigan that's what I want because let's say Ohio State beats you and maybe that does get them into the the Big Ten Championship game gives them the head-to-head over you a one-loss Michigan team could hypothetically be out there as a wild card playoff berth should craziness happen in other conferences right All these Big Ten teams need to focus up and go, hey, right, Big Ten and SEC, they're the two conferences that would have shots to get more than one team in given potential chaos scenarios. I still expect the ACC to kind of eat itself alive. I don't see Wake Forest or Pitt finishing the season with only one loss or, you know, or less. I think whoever wins the ACC is going to end up having two losses. That very well could happen out in the Pac-12. If Oregon loses one more game, the Pac-12 has no shot at a one-loss champion, which means they probably have no shot at a playoff. Big 12, Oklahoma's undefeated. Can someone get them before the Big 12 championship game? We'll see. There's a lot of scenarios out there. So 
every Big Ten team that only has one loss, right? For example, Michigan, they lose this week. Well, they went out, they beat Ohio State. They could get back in the in the race and still make the playoff. And same with Michigan State. So for both of these teams, this game matters a lot, right? You have a chance to really show yourself, give yourself a huge leg up and some breathing room. But if you lose, you don't have to sound the alarms and give up really any hope for almost anything you want to accomplish this season. Rose Bowl's still on the table. All, all those things. So that's what's really unique about this matchup. It's the biggest game. I was really glad to see game day chose to go there because I do believe this game deserves more hype than Penn State, Ohio State, maybe even if Penn State would have won last week. And that's one of the more annoying things of this is we'd be looking at a crazy matchup with stakes for both teams if Penn State was still only with the one loss. But we'll get to Penn State later. So moving on, keeping the Big Ten Iowa and Wisconsin, this game is a really big deal, especially for Iowa, right? Iowa, just like I said about what could happen to Michigan and Michigan State, Iowa has already lost a game. It also was a game they weren't really supposed to lose. So they need to win out, win the conference championship, and that would guarantee them a playoff spot, right? Let's just be honest, 12-1 and Big Ten champ. I don't care if it's Iowa, which maybe isn't as sexy of a brand as Ohio State, a 12-1 Big Ten champ is going to the college football playoff 90% of the time. So Iowa cannot lose, right? They already are in that panic mode now, right? They weren't when they lost, right? The, the, the idea was, hey, we had our loss. We still have that stuff out in front of us, but it is it is crunch time. We cannot lose again. We cannot lose again. And if you were Iowa, you were probably hoping to get to the Big Ten Championship game undefeated and maybe fall into one of those scenarios where even if you lose, you get in the playoff with the team that beat you. But with the loss already on the on the schedule, that is not on the table. And you're playing a Wisconsin team that hasn't been able to really beat any of the good teams on their schedule. They did look impressive against Purdue last week and Purdue you know, was sitting there at four and two with a win over Iowa. They were, and they were ranked. They got, you know, ranked to number 25. Wisconsin comes in and, and handles them. So that was good for Wisconsin. But, you know, Wisconsin had Penn State, played them close, couldn't win. They had Notre Dame, played them really close until the fourth quarter, couldn't beat them, right? And then they played Michigan and, and kind of got dominated a little bit. So Wisconsin is still kind of typical Wisconsin. They really are lacking a passing game, which is preventing their offense from doing what it, it normally does. But they got a good defense. They want to win this game really, really bad. And you know that Wisconsin, kind of like Iowa State last week, like they are still good enough to get somebody, especially if you start to overlook them. Oh, Wisconsin, three-loss team. We should beat them. Now, Iowa should have their head on straight one just because they, they can't afford to lose again. So they every game is a Super Bowl for Iowa going forward if they want to really get into a crazy postseason game, potentially college football playoff game. They know they can't lose again. And they also should be looking at it that, hey, Wisconsin just beat the team that beat you and beat them pretty bad, right? So Iowa got to perform well in this game, but Again, Wisconsin's sitting out there, and I guess all they really have left to play for is pride. I don't think, well, the thing is, is Wisconsin only has two losses, I believe, in the Big Ten. So there is a lot more than pride to play for here. Wisconsin is alive to win their division and still go to a Big Ten championship game. So they're not going to back down. This is a huge game for Iowa, right? It doesn't have kind of all the hype because Wisconsin's coming in three losses overall. They don't have a sexy ranked number next to their their name, but Wisconsin is sitting here going, "Hey, we're right where we where we want to be. We win this game, we still have the opportunity to go beat Minnesota, the other team that right now is is ahead of us in the Big 10 standings, and then bam, we're right back in the Big 10 championship game." And then you could potentially have a 9-3 Wisconsin team, which would definitely be ranked at that point, and they'd be playing most likely going to be a 1-2 to loss max, maybe undefeated team from the Big Ten East. You win that game, you finish 10-3, and 
that is some crazy momentum. I don't see that happening, right? I really don't see that happening. But if you're Wisconsin, that is out there on the table for you. So realistically, this game has more implications on who's going to win its division than the Michigan-Michigan State game does, right? This is a real crunch time game for both teams. If Iowa loses this game, not only are they definitely not going to a college football playoff, they might not be able to make the Big Ten championship game. So this, in a way, is almost more exciting. You're almost watching this with more stress. It's it's a de facto playoff type of game for both teams. So really excited for that. Both these games are at noon, right? Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin. Two monster Big Ten games to kick off the day. That's going to be really exciting. Okay, another noon game that's really interesting to me is Baylor and Texas. Now, Texas doesn't completely control their own destiny. They do need Oklahoma State to lose again. But just like Wisconsin, Texas is almost in the exact same scenario as we just talked about with Wisconsin. They have three losses overall, so from a national picture, some people aren't taking them as seriously. They only have the two conference losses, Oklahoma and now Oklahoma State. Right? Those two teams are up there in control. But Oklahoma State did just lose right, to Iowa State. And all these teams that are above Texas, the two that are the most important, Iowa State and Baylor, they have an opportunity to play. They're playing Baylor this week. So Texas can hypothetically beat Baylor, beat Iowa State the next week if they run the table and get a little bit of help from Oklahoma State. Right, Oklahoma State simply just loses to... Um, Oklahoma maybe gets beat by someone else. They do need them to lose two more times. That's the problem. But if that happens, they could potentially get themselves back in that Big 12 championship game, which is what you want because Texas rematching Oklahoma, that's probably at this point one of the scarier matchups for Oklahoma. That game was really close, right? We had the crazy Red River game this year. I was there, right? I talked about that that week. And now maybe Oklahoma's a lot better now that they've made the, the Caleb Williams switch which they did in the middle of that Red River game. But if you're Texas, you again, just like Wisconsin, again, they're twins here. They go into that game 9-3. and three, They win. They're 10-3. and three, New Year's 6 Big 12 champion Texas looking good, finishing strong. That would build a lot of momentum for the offseason. So Texas, if their coaches you know, know what's up, they're playing for that. And that is a hypothetical scenario. And the way the Big 12 is, like, there's no guarantee Oklahoma State doesn't lose two more games could easily happen right Oklahoma probably beats them and anyone else I mean the big 12 is is one of those schools where other than Oklahoma the second tier of teams that features Texas Oklahoma State Iowa State Baylor now maybe Kansas State kind of in that mix right they can all beat each other it can happen so Texas playing for a lot and then Baylor yes they're one of those teams that nationally not a lot of people are talking about but technically everything is on the table for this team this could be a playoff team don't really see that happening right are they talented enough to win out beat oklahoma twice i don't think so but they have that in front of them as a potential opportunity 12 and 1 big 12 champions sometimes they make the playoffs sometimes they don't right we've seen oklahoma get in we've seen oklahoma get left out we've seen especially now that the Big 12 has that championship game. You're almost guaranteed a good ranked opponent at the end. I mean, you beat Oklahoma twice. You only have one loss. I, I'm putting you in the playoff nine times out of ten, right? It all depends on what's going on in the other conferences, the rest of the country. But Baylor's got to be thinking that, right? So this game between them and Texas is huge. And if they beat, trust me, if, if they beat Texas and they beat them semi-soundly, you know, by a touchdown or more, Watch out. Baylor could be bouncing back here. I mean, we're not talking like the Big 12 has any depth. It's kind of like Oklahoma and everybody else. But that's, again, that's only when looking through this weird playoff lens. And that could be true. But there are two other teams in the Big 12 that only have one loss. Hypothetically, those teams went out. 12-1 and champions, like I've said a million times, have a really good shot at making the playoff. So, and even if you don't win the playoff... You win your conference, you go to a New Year's Six Bowl, that's what it's all about, right? That's college football. That's what you want. It's bragging rights. It's everything. Um, and you know a school like Baylor, they want to go beat Texas. They want to go beat Oklahoma. The Big 12 is still salty about those two teams going to the SEC. So 
that is a big matchup, right? Texas and Baylor have a lot to play for. Again, it's just like the Iowa-Wisconsin. Baylor's more like Iowa, right? They already have the one loss. They want to keep all their hopes and dreams alive, both for a Big 12 championship game and a potential kind of, you know, wild card playoff berth. Texas, just like Wisconsin, is like, hey, we had those losses early, but we have a chance to finish really strong this year, win 10 or more games, go to a New Year's Six game. So to me, Baylor-Texas, huge college football matchup right now. The other noon game that's kind of on my list is Pittsburgh-Miami. Now, Miami has nothing to play for except pride at this point. They can't win their division. They can't, you know, none of that is, is possible. But Pittsburgh has now jumped into an area that they're not really ever used to being in. They control their own destiny when it comes to potentially winning an ACC championship. And Pittsburgh only has one loss. It's not an ACC loss. So they really are in a good spot when it comes to potentially winning the ACC. But, you know, 12-1 and ACC champions tend to make the college football playoff, right? The ACC is the only conference besides the SEC that has had a team in the playoff every single year. Florida State being the first team, 2014, and then Clemson all the other years. Obviously, neither Florida State or Clemson are representing the ACC this year, so who's it going to be? Hypothetically, it's either Pitt or Wake Forest at this point, right? Now, Pitt could easily get left out of the playoff even if they did win out because there could be other 12-1 conference champions or an undefeated Cincinnati. Pittsburgh does have a bad loss. That Western Michigan game, you're really scratching your head about that now, right? If Pittsburgh was undefeated right now, they're top 10, maybe top five, right? This offense is scary. They beat Clemson, who has problems, but they beat Clemson without their two best receivers. And I'm talking about two of the best receivers in the ACC. And Pittsburgh also has probably the best quarterback in the ACC, maybe a top five quarterback in the country. So if these players can keep their head on straight, not get overwhelmed with the hype, because we do see this with teams that aren't expected to be there, suddenly you find yourself self in position to make a playoff win a conference championship sometimes that pressure gets to teams but if Pitt can stay strong they've got a lot in front of them to play for and how crazy would that be if the ACC championship game was between a one-loss Pitt an undefeated or one-loss Wake Forest right I mean you'd have to look at that as the winner has a really good shot at making the playoff for that game right that would be a top 10 matchup at the end of the season so a lot of scenarios there. And then with Miami, right, are, they're the type of team that can lose to anybody but can kind of beat anybody on their schedule besides Alabama, obviously. So what type of Miami team are we going to face? They've lost a lot of heartbreakers. They finally won a close game against NC State last week, which kind of knocked NC State out of that hypothetical ACC playoff picture. But NC State's also still alive in the ACC to win a championship, right? Two losses, maybe, you know, if you're NC State, you're trying to go 10-2, and two, win the ACC, 11-2, and two, you're probably not making the playoff, but gosh, can you imagine NC State winning 10 or 11 games before a bowl game? That would be really big for the NC State program. Anyway, moving on to the 330 slot, Florida, Georgia. Now, it's funny, this game has less on the line for both teams than most of the matchups we just talked about prior to this, right? Florida has put themselves in a position where the only thing they can play for in this game is pride, right? Three conference losses already, head-to-head -head losses to Kentucky in their division who's ahead of them. Kentucky needs to lose more for Florida to jump them. And then Florida would need to beat Georgia and then have Georgia go lose two more games or something crazy like that to jump them. So it's not happening, right? And then you look at Georgia. Of course, if you're Georgia, you want to go undefeated. You want to win this game, absolutely. But you already beat Kentucky. The other You have had to head over them. Even if you lost this game and you're Georgia, everything you want is right there out in front of you for the taking, right? If, if Georgia lost this game, they'll still be heavy favorites against everyone else the rest of the way. And no one is really in position to jump them for the division unless they lost again. So they would still be in a really good position to make the SEC championship game with just that one loss and they win that game they're in, right? But of course, what Georgia wants to do is go to the SEC championship undefeated and hope that even if they lost that game to, right, maybe Alabama, that in that scenario... They could still maybe get in with Alabama depending on what else is going on, right? This is the multiple 
scenarios, just like in the Big Ten, where these things can happen. And if college football's taught us anything, it's that you just when you think you know what's going on, crazy things happen. And that's the hardest thing for teams is to just focus on what's on their schedule, what they can do, and not get caught up in, well, it looks like even if we did this, we couldn't make it, blah, 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 right? So, yeah, I mean, it's Florida, Georgia, it's a rivalry, the cocktail party, it's going to be good, right? But really, it's one of those games where no matter the outcome, you don't, not a lot changes in the big picture. Georgia loses, okay, they look more human, right? A lot of people don't think they can lose, that they're not beatable, but if they do lose, then big picture, nothing changes. Georgia still controls their own destiny when it comes to everything, playoff, conference, division, all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, right? Because, you know, if Florida can somehow beat Georgia, then, I mean, that really makes you start to wonder, like, okay, who is truly number one? Basically, everybody at that point will have lost, except, like, Oklahoma and the winner of Michigan, Michigan State. So we start to get really, really interesting, right? Another thing, if speaking of that, right, if we, we jump back up to Michigan, Michigan State, somebody's going to win that game and remain undefeated, and they'll actually have a good win on their resume now, right? Michigan would have a top 10 win if they beat Michigan State. And they've beaten Wisconsin. Wisconsin could beat Iowa this week, and that win's starting to look a little better. And so if Georgia did lose this week, what happens to the winner of Michigan-Michigan State? Who says they shouldn't be 1-2-3 ranked up there? It's Why shouldn't the winner of Michigan-Michigan State be wherever Oklahoma is? Oklahoma's unbeaten, and we have no problem having them, you know, top four. So it's it's really really interesting when you think when you think about it that way and like i said for florida nothing to play for other than other than pride i don't know it looks like the florida fan base has really had it with mullen as of late so yeah it's it, this this game is is going to be really interesting from that perspective the rivalry right the rivalry very interesting so looking forward to that now another 330 game i want to talk about that doesn't have any sexy things at stake for either of these teams when it comes to the national picture, the big picture, but Florida State-Clemson, right? This was the marquee matchup in the ACC and one of the main marquee matchups in the country, right? Right up there with the Alabama-LSU game, the Florida-Georgia game, the Ohio State-Penn State game, Ohio State-Michigan game. It, for the whole last decade and a half, it was that game, right? Pretty much starting in 2009-10, this game... Both teams were always ranked. The winner of this game has played in the ACC championship game every year since 2009. Now, we all know that in 2018, Florida State completely fell off the map, and this game has not been competitive since then. This game didn't even get played last year because of COVID. And at the beginning of this year, you still did not expect this to be a competitive game because Florida State, still down, had a long way to go, and Clemson, still a juggernaut. But after what's happened in the last few weeks... In this season, this game is looking like it might be competitive for all the wrong reasons, right? Florida State, after starting 0-4, has managed to get themselves in a position where you could see them maybe winning this game or at least keeping it close. Three, four weeks ago, you would not have said that. And it's not just because Florida State's improving, it's because Clemson looks to have serious problems. This offense is having trouble moving the ball. And I'm telling you, this is setting up for a really low-scoring game because Florida State's offense is run, run, run. They really have trouble throwing it. And Clemson's strength is their defensive line. But Florida's Florida State's strength is also their defensive line. And I expect them to you know, keep Clemson in check. I, I don't see this as the game. Clemson just turns it on and, and scores a lot. I think Clemson's the better team. I think they have all the pieces to win this game, especially at home. They haven't lost at home since, I think, that Pitt game in 2016 where they got upset um, on the last second field goal. And they win the national championship that year anyway. So Clemson hasn't lost at home in a long time. And if you look at this rivalry, the home team almost always wins. The only time that wasn't the case 
you know, before Florida State going down, obviously in 2018, Clemson dominates in Tallahassee. But prior to that, the only two times the home team lost was in 2013 when Florida State won the national championship. They go to Death Valley, they whoop up on Clemson. And in 2016, Clemson gets over a, a pretty good Florida State game on the way to them winning a national championship. So it's pretty rare for the home team to lose this this game. If you look back at the history of this game the last 10 years or so, 15 years, but the stakes, because I want to get back to the stakes, are pretty large for both teams in this game. If Clemson loses, they officially enter a new realm of mediocrity, at least for this season. Now, I'm not saying anything that happens this season affects Clemson long term. But as a Florida State fan, I can tell you Clemson is starting to remind me a little bit of 2017 Florida State. You think you're a national champion contender. You go play a high-ranked SEC team in the first week, right? 2017, Florida State played Bama, kickoff game. It was a close game. Florida State lost and their quarterback went down. That kind of turned into another loss or two. And then next thing you know, Florida State had none of their hopes alive. You could tell players kind of threw in the towel, and then they're all of a sudden they're getting beat by 20-plus points at Boston College, even though you have far superior players in every aspect. Clemson, three losses. It's not November yet. This is new territory for the players on this team. Now, the coaches have been there. These coaches, Dabo, they built this Clemson team from the ground up, right? 2009, when Dabo is the first you know, for first full year as head coach, Clemson is like a seven and five team. Then they get to, you know, he built them from that to like an eight and four team, a 10 win team, a college football playoff and national championship caliber team. And they've been at that level for a while now. So maybe Dabo's previous experience allows him, you know, to build back on this next year. But what you don't want to happen is start losing three, four, five losses, right? If Clemson ends up in seven and five territory, that's where the panics can start to happen. Now, with three losses, we don't know where Clemson's players are yet. Do they have one more week of still giving it their all? Would they give it their all no matter what games they win or lose this year? You know, you, you just don't know what type of mindset players can have. Now, on the flip side for Florida State, yeah, Clemson's down, and if Florida State does beat Clemson, it's not like, oh, you you finally got up to Clemson because Clemson's not as good as we thought they were. But it still would be a huge mental gain for Florida State players, Florida State coaches, and fans. It just would be. You go into Death Valley, and you beat Clemson after starting 0-4 this season. That is a great, great upside look for Mike Norvell in this team, especially considering Florida State has a huge recruiting class. It's a top 10 class led by the number one player in the country, Travis Hunter, the defensive back slash receiver from Georgia, right? And even when Florida State started 0-4, you really thought, okay, if they have a terrible season, I mean, they're losing half this class. That's, that's just what happens. That's what happened to Willie Taggart's classes. They would always have, you know, a top 10 class going into a season, but then you go five and seven, you get a bunch of decommitments. And this year, it looked kind of inevitable that eventually that's got to happen to Florida State, right? They're going to lose some of these guys. Well, they've been able to hold on to them. Now, after the last three games, three-game win streak, you're really holding on to them. You go in and you beat Clemson. All of a sudden, you're looking at potentially making a bowl this year, which, again, a month ago, you thought, no way could Florida State make a bowl. Florida State loses Jacksonville State week two, and then gets blown out by Wake Forest, they're 0-3, and you're like, this team's done. So if they if they could rally back from that, that would be huge. So this game actually has a lot of stakes for both teams because, again, Clemson loses. They know how down Florida State's been recently. They do not want to lose to Florida State right now. At least Clemson can say so far, hey, we're not having as good of a season this year, but we lost to Georgia, a non-conference game that we didn't even have to play in. We lost to NC State, who's a lot better this year. And we lost to a Pitt team that is actually looking really good this year. It's just not our year at Clemson. But you lose to Florida State, and even if Florida State rallies, wins out, and has a pretty good year, it's not going to feel good at all. And <laughs> it's going to stir some heads down there in Clemson. So I think that game, although neither team is ranked, 
from a national perspective, nobody really cares. Neither of these teams can really win their conference, but it there is a lot of stakes for both teams. And for the long-term future of college football, this game could matter a lot. So it's really interesting. Anyway, moving on to another monster game with implications. Again, I think this is probably top two, top three game, games of the, of the week. And in this week, being top two, top three mean, means a lot. And that's Ole Miss versus Auburn. Ole Miss number 10, Auburn number 18. Both of these teams only have one conference loss. And hypothetically speaking, both these teams have everything on the table for them. Now, maybe not Auburn as far as playoff goes, considering that Auburn has two losses overall. But in conference, both these teams only have one loss. And Auburn hasn't played Alabama yet, so they have that opportunity in front of them. If Auburn wins out, they're winning their division. They will go to the SEC championship game. They still have to play Texas A&M. They still have to play Alabama. They're playing Ole Miss this week. Now, Ole Miss only has one loss overall. And they're hoping that if they went out, somebody else beats Bama, then they would be going to the SEC championship game with one loss, which means they're probably playoff bound if they win that game. So there's a lot at stake in this game for both teams, right? Both teams have a lot at stake. Auburn probably can't make the playoff, but hey, if there is going to be a two-loss team that ever makes the college football playoff, it's probably going to be an SEC team. Auburn's kind of been in this position before in 2017, right? They lost non-conference game. That year, it was Clemson on the road. This year, it's on the road at Penn State, who is pretty good. And they also lost to Georgia, who's phenomenal. So not bad losses at all. If you're going to have two losses and it's rare to have two losses, but still have the opportunity to go and get big, big wins. Auburn beats Ole Miss, big win. Then they play a hot Texas A&M team that has already beaten Alabama. That could be a really big win. Then they could beat Alabama. Then they could beat Georgia, rematching and kind of avenging one of their losses. I don't think a two-loss team jumps a one-loss conference champion, but they'd have a decent argument. And if teams start losing, they would definitely be the first two-loss team to get in, right? Kind of Texas A&M is in that, that same position. So this is a monster game, a monster, monster game. The nice thing for Auburn is if Auburn wins, they just have to keep winning and they're guaranteed to win their division. Where if Ole Miss could hypothetically win out, but if Alabama doesn't lose another conference game, then it's not going to matter. Alabama has the head-to-head. But that still could stir a lot of things up, right? You could have three one-loss SEC teams when it's all said and done. That would be a pretty crazy scenario. It doesn't help that Ole Miss's loss to Bama was a blowout, right? But hey, one-loss teams usually do pretty well. So this is a monster matchup, and it's really exciting to see. Like, is is Bo Nix going to be able to score, right? I think Auburn offense has struggled, but they've played some really good defenses. It kind of makes you feel like the Auburn offense isn't explosive. And Ole Miss defense has been a lot better than people expected, but I still think this will give Bo Nix an opportunity to get you know, more points on the board, especially if Ole Miss is scoring. When they score fast, their defense is out there a lot. They, they it just kind of naturally leaves the opportunity to get points. But again, either way, if we're we're keeping it on stakes, it's really exciting to see what happens here. Now, if Ole Miss loses, they're in a scenario where there's still a lot to play for, right? They'd only have two losses. If you can finish 10-2, and that's phenomenal. You're probably going to like a Sugar Bowl, some sort of New Year's Six game. Auburn, if they lose, that'd be their third loss. And a third loss with A&M coming up, Alabama coming up, it starts to get a little sketchy. Doesn't mean they can't rebound from a loss, but it Auburn is in the most dicey territory in this game because if they win, there's so much that can then be on the table for them. And if they lose, pretty much all their shot at anything related to a division championship, a conference championship, you know, all New Year's Six Bowl got, you know, playoff, any of that stuff kind of all goes out the window. And you could kind of say the same for Ole Miss, right? I think Ole Miss could lose this game and still make a New Year's Six game as, you know, maybe a 10-2 and two team. But, you know, there there probably is almost no scenario where they could win the division if they lost this game. So, 
really, really big game. Exciting to see. I remember, and by the way, we posted this game on the Instagram page, I think yesterday, the 2014 Auburn Ole Miss game is the last time I remember this game being this hyped. It, it feels the same to me. Now that year, it was like number three versus number four. So big time top five matchup. We don't have that this year, but honestly, given what's at stake, it, it feels similar. It feels really, really similar to that year. And I'm really excited for it. Now, moving down the list, right? Let's just skip to 7.30. One of the biggest games of the week, Ohio State, Penn State. Now, this game is huge, absolutely huge for both teams, kind of in different ways. Now, we thought Penn State was going to come into this with one loss before that crazy nine-overtime game against Illinois that they dropped last week, and that really hurts Penn State because they had already lost to Iowa, and now you're most likely not going to make a college football playoff, not without extreme help, right? Kind of like Auburn. So Penn State's sitting out there kind of in that position Auburn's in, right? They have that second loss. It hurts, but you still have Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan left to play, plus a Big Ten championship game. So hypothetically, right, I'm using that word a lot, I know, on this episode, but hypothetically, Penn State has the opportunity to go get four top 10 wins to finish the season. That and with already a win over Auburn, we'll see how like and if Auburn wins out, think about how much bigger that win's gonna feel, right? And look on the resume. So Penn State has that out in front of them. Now, forget the weird, crazy playoff chances, right? Penn State still has the whole Big Ten out in front of them. They beat Ohio State. They could easily get back into the Big Ten championship game if they went out and they win that. Worst case scenario, they're going to Rose Bowl, big time New Year's Six game. So that's a really good season. That's what you want to do. Again, that's what college football is about. Yes, you hope you can make a college football playoff, this little four-team exclusive dance. That is the ultimate goal. But you make a New Year's Six bowl game, you win that game, you finish with 10 wins. I mean, that's a that's everything you want in college football. That's a great, great season. So Penn State has all that. Now, Ohio State, I think is the more nervous team here. Only from the standpoint that at Ohio State, they kind of believe in championship or bust mentality. And they've earned that a little bit. But they already have one loss. So as far as college football playoff implications go, they need this win really, really bad. Right? They need to win this game. They need to then go beat Michigan State. They need to go into that Michigan game, hope that Michigan's ranked high, win that. Win the Big Ten, one-loss team, your typical Ohio State comeback story, they're going to the college football playoff, right? That's what Ohio State is hoping for here. And it all starts this weekend against Penn State. Now, the game would have been a lot bigger, like we said, if Penn State had won last week, they'd be in the exact same position as Ohio State, controlling their own destiny for the playoff, for the Big Ten, for everything. Which, now, that's not the case for Penn State, but that still is the case for Ohio State. Now, when it comes to Big Ten stakes, Ohio State losing this game, they're okay because Penn State's losses are both Big Ten games. Ohio State would only have one conference loss, so they'd still be ahead of Penn State even with a loss to Penn State here. They'd have to lose again for Penn State's head-to-head to matter, right? Because their other loss was a non-conference loss. It was Oregon. So even if Ohio State lost this game, they could still win their division by winning out after that. They lose this game, but then they beat Michigan State and Michigan. They still have head-to-head over over Penn State. Or not, not head-to-head. They only have one loss. Penn State has two, so the head-to-head doesn't matter for Penn State. Ohio State still goes to the Big Ten Championship game. So from the Big Ten perspective, Ohio State's not out of it with a loss, but from a national championship college football playoff perspective, this is a must-win for Ohio State. And it, it only gets harder after this. Not harder, but it, it keeps climbing, right? After this, they got to be Michigan State and Michigan. And like we said, we don't know what the outcome of that game is going to be, but both of those games, or both of those teams, sorry, are pretty good. We know that, right? When you're 7-0, and 8-0 in the end of October, it's not a fluke anymore, right? Some teams are 4-0 in September. We think they're good. They get ranked. They end up having a bad season. They lose four or five games. Michigan or Michigan State would have to completely just throw it in, like fall off after this week 
for that to happen. Like we know these teams are good. We know these teams are good at this point. We're, we really have a good feel of who teams are now that we're into November, almost. One week, one week of October left, right? It's Halloween coming up. Anything can happen. So, again, Ohio State, Penn State, I believe this game is in Columbus, which I don't know when the last time Penn State won there was. I, I think the last time they won a big game there was 2008, right? Terrell Pryor, freshman, defensive battle. And that year, Penn State did go on to win the Big Ten. They, they went to the Rose Bowl. So this is a huge game. You know Franklin wants this game. And I said on Monday, right, like the idea, the fact that Penn State lost in, lost to, last week to Illinois in a weird way makes me feel like maybe they actually have a new weird angle to win this game, right? Because does Ohio State not take them as seriously as they would have before? Do they think they're better? They watch that film and they go, this team can't score. Well, the last time I checked when Ohio State played a good team, they had some defensive problems that need cleaned up. And it looks like they've cleaned that up based on the really bad competition they played, right? They've, they're blowing teams out, but these aren't good teams, right? Iowa blew Maryland out just like Ohio State did, right? When Ohio State did it, it's like this offense is finally flying high, blah, blah, blah. You know, when Iowa did it, they didn't get as much credit. So I don't know. I, I really want to see Ohio State come together and take care of Penn State, not give up any explosive plays because that's what this defense has done against good teams this year. You know, mostly I'm going back to the Oregon game when I'm talking about this. But remember, a lot. I think a lot of people are thinking like, look, Penn State doesn't stand a chance. They don't have a quarterback that can throw. Well, neither does Oregon. Oregon's quarterback cannot throw. He can't fit the ball in tight windows. He can't go on last-minute game-winning drives. I've said this a thousand times. Oregon won that game against Ohio State by running the ball and controlling the game. So Ohio State defense will have had to make improvements if they don't want Penn State to do something similar to them. Now, I do think Ohio State has the upper hand because I really just don't believe in that Penn State offense right now. Hopefully, we get a better, more healthy Clifford than we saw last week. Because regardless, I want to see a, a good game between you know Ohio State and Penn State. Both ranked. It's Big Ten, primetime. I want to see a good game. Last week, Ohio State got a primetime slot against Indiana, which was a mistake. And I think there was 50 points before halftime by Ohio State. Just a complete blowout. It was raining. I want to see a better game than that. And I think we will. But Ohio State obviously has a chance to show the whole country, hey, we are freaking legit. You know, they they put a whooping on Penn State this weekend. And look for Ohio State to be top four, for sure. Whether they deserve that or not, I don't know. With Oregon out there, having head-to-head. But hey, I guess my opinion doesn't matter. The polls are how they are. So... Again, huge stakes for both teams. Huge stakes for both teams. Now we move down. There's one little game I want to talk about that has a lot of stakes, kind of. It's not a conference game for either of these teams, but it could matter for the big picture, and that is BYU-Virginia. Have you guys watched Virginia this year? This Armstrong kid at quarterback is super fun to watch. Love this guy. Bronco Mendenhall is an awesome coach. By the way, he's playing his former team, so there's kind of an interesting part there. Virginia going to BYU. BYU's number 25 right now. And this is a big game for BYU because BYU, I think, has played a good enough schedule that if they finish 10-2, and two, they could say that they deserve a New Year's 6 game, right? This isn't like some group of five school that needs to win out or maybe have one loss to get in. I think BYU is just a good enough team where a 10-2 and two schedule could just get them a normal at-large spot for one of these New Year's Six games, potentially. So BYU's got to win. Now, Virginia's sitting there at 5-2 and two or 6-2. and two. They're, they're pretty good. And Virginia is still totally alive, I think, for the, for the conference. Well, I, I guess it's, it's hard to look at it again because Pitt's loss was out of conference. So technically, Pitt is undefeated in conference still, where I think Virginia has lost two conference games yeah they have so but still if you're virginia you've got Pitt in a couple weeks that is a huge game virginia also has Notre dame i, th- I think they're literally going byu Pitt, Notre dame or maybe Notre dame then Pitt. but they though i think that's their next three games it's going to be tough but if they could win just one of those or two of those 
they'd be sitting in a good spot. I mean, Virginia, you know, made an Orange Bowl a couple years ago. Bronco Mendenhall is doing a good job at that program. Um, and they're an exciting team to watch this year. So, yes, I guess, hypothetically, the stakes aren't huge in the sense that Virginia could lose this game and lose Notre Dame and still beat Pitt and find a way for Pitt to lose again and, and get back in the divisional race, right? That crazy ACC Coastal. But if they want to do that and be respected, it'd be really nice if they could go into that game with still only having two losses. Be cool to get a, you know, a top 20 matchup between Pitt and Virginia, right? That, that'd be kind of cool. I don't know about you guys, but I, I like seeing stuff like that. Teams that in a lot of years maybe aren't giving us that ranked matchup and then they're both having a good year. We can see them play. That would be exciting to me, but it's mostly because, yeah, like I said, going forward, if Virginia and Pitt play, they're both ranked, Virginia can get right back in the conference race with that victory. So, interesting, right? The ACC Coastal is is crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. And speaking of crazy, that's what this week is going to be. Crazy. Too many crazy big matchups for it not to end up being an insane weekend of college football. I haven't been this excited for... A slate of games in a couple weeks now, <laughs> which is kind of a joke. Basically, every week I'm hyped, but this is one of those weeks where there's just so many good matchups. There's there's other good matchups right too. I mean, Louisville NC State, that game's interesting. Kentucky Mississippi State, SMU in Houston, Oklahoma Texas Tech, even a little bit right. I mean, there's some there's just so many good games this weekend. I'm gonna enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it too. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. That's all I have for today. Again. So many stakes involved for a lot of these teams. Stake, stake, stakes. I don't know how many times I said stake today in hypothetical, but probably over 100 if you combine them. <laughs> anyway, you guys can email me. Let's talk college football at gmail.com. Follow the Instagram page if you like watching old highlights. College football classics is the name of that page. Follow me on Twitter, Michael underscore K87, and subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen, check it out. And please, you know, write reviews, the iTunes reviews, Spotify reviews, like the videos on YouTube, all of that stuff helps a lot. Appreciate you guys. See you next week.